What is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about four wins in a row for our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what we love from the game, and what would have to go right this weekend to topple the Houston Texans on Saturday. All that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon Uncle B. Ricketts. We are recording on the Wednesday after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put it on. The Lions, we won by a score of 38-17. to 17. How in the world are you feeling, man? Dude, I am feeling like Santa came early for us, even though we're not getting a playoff berth. But it was a win, and I think it was a much win that we all knew that we should have dominated, which we did, and we came out with a great W and great feelings from that. Absolutely, bro. I, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited because you know I don't want to get too much into it because we have our one word and our immediate reaction. But uh, man, I'm just filled with all the good emotions, all the good vibes. You know, it's going to be a tough matchup this weekend, but man, from what we've seen out of the Bucks, this has been a great month of watching the Bucks, hasn't it? Oh man, it's. Oh, it's been so beautiful, and yet to know that we are two games away from the season being over for us. It's sad, bro, and th- th- to think too. I mean, we we take football for granted because it's about to be the off season, and the off season is the longest time of the year. I mean, it's it's brutal with no football. I just I don't I don't know what to do with myself. Oh man, I don't know about you, but I like watching the anticipation of these college guys. You know getting ready for the draft, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think I think this offseason should be good, especially with the Heisman Trophy winner coming from LSU. You know, this it should be make it very interesting for the draft. Absolutely. Well, and one lucky uh, team is going to uh, get Joe Burrow. But, and of course, that's who we're talking about from LSU. But, I mean, the draft's wide open. I mean, there's it's a lot of uncertainty on – on the draft board this year, and it's going to be exciting getting into it. But of course, uh, we are not talking about that yet. It's not the off season. It, 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 we are in uh, the Bucks' current season right now, and we're we're talking about an epic win in Detroit. Uh, I'm going to jump right in, Brandon, and give you my one word and immediate reaction, and then I'll get yours. Let's yeah, hear it. my one. Here's my one word. Here's my one word. Winners. 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 That's my one word. I, Brandon, I truly think that the culture in Tampa Bay is changing. And I understand that, you know, you could look at the the run that the Bucks have been on these four games and you could say, well, you know, the wins have been against subpar opponents. And I and and you know, for the most part, we have played teams that you know, in in quotations the Bucks should win against. But of course, you know, we've as Bucks fans, we know that no game is ever secure, no lead is ever secure as a Bucks fan. And so to watch our Buccaneers learn, beginning to learn how to win. This is what I said, I think it was either last week or the week before, that I was looking for here at the end of the season, is is for us to continue to win, continue to learn how to win, and for the coaching staff to be able to evaluate the players that we have on our squad. And I think one of those things that, uh, that we've for sure been able to do thus far is to win. Man, I, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited because I, not that I – you know, not that that the momentum that you carry into the off season is maybe as real as the momentum in season, right? So, like when you're on a winning streak, that momentum is truly more powerful in the season than it is for the next season. But I think that we're really truly beginning to develop a, a core of players that want to win, that are learning how to win, and BA's message is finally getting through. What do you think about that? Nah, I I completely agree with you, and um, it's going to be 
interesting to see how we go through this offseason that's coming up and to retain our um, motivation into that because there's a lot that's got to be done before we're ready for 2020 where the Super Bowl is in our own backyard. Um, but to me, you know, you, you said, you know, winner, you know, winners is your, you know, one reaction. My, my one reaction would definitely be finally, like finally, <laughs> like, like we haven't seen this time, this kind of buck football since you were in diapers. Nope. <laughs> and, whatever, and, and that's whatever. And, and I'm being completely honest. Like think about the, you know, the 90, you know, in the early 98, 99s, you know, when we the turn of the era when tony dungy came in and literally the culture finally turned the tides turned in tampa um we hadn't really seen that in years um and that was back when uh john lynch you know Derek brooks all these hall of famers you know warren Sapp, you know just to name a couple you know those guys were the one two three punch and then all of a sudden they were came in had a losing season and Mm -hmm. dominated the rest of the season so and it led to what really to ultimately be a chance for a couple super bowls even though a burton manual catch that wasn't a catch that was a catch mm-hmm. we're not going down that mm-hmm. memory lane right now yeah no don't, don't get <laughs> but um it was still it was still great i you know it was definitely uh when it was finally finally something that we can set our hearts on saying hey we have a chance to go into next season to make a super bowl push Absolutely. Well, and at least, you know, I would say that playoffs are absolutely on the the horizon as a goal, a legitimate goal. You know, this season, we really hoped that Bruce could come in and work some of the magic that we have historically seen him be able to work, turning a 5-11 and Cardinals team into a contender um, in the playoffs the next year. It just, the reality is in the, in the NFL, it just, it, it just usually doesn't happen that quickly but what we're seeing is the seeds of something great finally like you said and, and uh, we even saw, had a comment that said it's not just four in a row it's also five out of the last six that's so true you know we we have truly been able to in this kind of second half of the season be, shown that we're able to string some wins together and string some good performances together too we're uh, a coin toss probably away from winning this seattle game right mm-hmm. we're we're a missed field goal from the away giants from game. from the giants game i mean we've been right in it uh, in a lot of the games this season, and I'm really excited for Bucks football. And um, I think that we're going to have a tough matchup this weekend, but a very, uh, but still a winnable game if we can get some pieces together. We'll see. Uh, and then, of course, we end the the year with the Falcons, who've been hot and cold. And so we have a chance here uh, to go eight and eight, or even nine and seven. Could you be- can you believe that? No, can you I know. Believe that? No, I, I I really can't. I mean, and honestly, if you, realistically, if you really think about it, we have a chance now. We are at seven and seven. We're, you know, we're finally at 500, okay? But we, there ultimately, we have a chance of either finishing 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, or just dropping these last two games and ending up 7-9. So either way, you look at it, it doesn't look terrible, even though our right. first half of our season just was not in our favor. And it ultimately, in that road, that 42,000-mile road trip, essentially you know quote-unquote road trip definitely didn't help in the middle so there's that but it is what it is whatever right well and even if i mean i'm i know that this is worst case scenario but even if we did go seven and nine here at the end of the year it's still an improvement over last season i know that sounds kind of crazy but the 
the amount of good wins that we've had this season, the amount of heart that the team showed. We've been in a lot of games. We've overcome adversity. We've seen um, more units get cohesively better. We've seen Jameis take some step, steps in the right direction. This is a completely different outlook than we had at the end of last season. At the end of last season, we were hoping that a draft pick and a coaching change you know, would be uh, ultimately helpful into the next season. Now we're saying, okay, we got the coaches. We got the scheme. You know, we've got the playmakers. Now let's go put it together next season, and yeah. um, and we can we could be competitive. I mean, the the thing that's that's really stinks is that we are in the NFC South, and we're not in what is it the NFC East, right? The joke of a division uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at one point, um, it was a losing record. That was it was the Cowboys with six and seven who were on top of their division. I mean, just we 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 are where we are in the league, and we're gonna have to. Um, continue to play against the Saints and some really tough opponents. Um, but I really do think the next season could be um, a step even more in the right direction um, with the momentum that we're carrying from this fourth win and, and hopefully maybe two more. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into our highs and lows. I know there was not very too many lows to pick from from this game, but uh, I, we'll start there like we always do, and then we'll move on to our highs because there was a lot of highs to this. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, I'll start off, and um, I'm going to start off with our running game. Uh, there was no run game. <laughs> there, <laughs> there really wasn't. Um, after going back and looking at it, it, there was just no run game. Like um, On Sunday, we only had 49 yards. Um, Rojo average was 2.1 yards. Like that's, that's not hot at all, and Peyton wasn't even any better with 1.7. So... That I mean, that was horrible. I mean, it really was. It really was. If you really come down to think about it, that was just a terrible performance. Um, now, was it on the offense of line, or was it, you know, was it the running backs? Who I think it was more on the running backs because mm-hmm. there was a couple plays um, where Ronald Jones, he could have swung onto the outside and there was a hole, but he decided to cut back into the inside yep. and just got gobbled up by a really bad line's defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah like, there, there's no other way to say it i mean i think you're right on like the vision was bad for rojo in this game and Payne barber was the same way like whether he was trying to i mean Ro, you know rojo and Payne barber are two polar opposites rojo can break tackles Payne will lower his head and get you first downs and everything but regardless he wasn't having his brightest day either just averaging one yard a game mm-hmm yeah, well, and I mean, you think about the the way that we've utilized the backs in other ways. I've been happier with the screen game, um, the, our running backs out of the backfield. Um, you saw in this game, uh, I think Ronald Jones had a, a reception for 26 yards. Peyton Barber had two receptions for 23 yards, his longest being 14. So you saw some... Uh, creativity from the offensive schemes, trying to get trying to get the running backs to do anything, right? Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, you you might think that okay, well, and let me put it this way: Jameis um, supporters have often said, "Hey, well, in the in years past, Jameis hasn't had a run game, right? Well, he didn't have a run; he hasn't had a, really a run game for most of the season, and he's still been balling, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. So, really, right now, what we're asking for is anything." out of our running backs so it can take even just the slightest amount of pressure off of the quarterbacks and, and be able to legitimize play action, even though we've been able to utilize play action and it still works. <laughs> I mean, it still works somehow, even though there's not really a threat 
of our running game, um, man, I'd, I'd like to see more of our running backs. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think, you know, and this will go into your next low, um, those, I think part of the reason why our the running backs got a chance to be receivers was because of injuries injuries that's right and i said it last (sighs) week i said we gotta watch out for the injury bug because that thing came in a storm this weekend yeah it's been it's been the hamstring gods have been very angry with the tampa bay buccaneers for whatever reason it's been hamstring after hamstring let let me just go down the laundry list here this is this is crazy to me that we have this many hamstring issues mike evans uh obviously with his hammy he's had issues with that in the past he's on ir now he was placed on ir today right chris godwin who potentially is is a likely um receiver to be placed on ir um he hasn't yet um scotty miller is he on ir uh, yes, he was placed yeah. on uh, injured reserve before this week's or the Detroit, Detroit game. Um, well, and he got you know he ended up getting he actually got injured in the Detroit game after his his touchdown, and so you know him and then after that you know struggling with that and then Jordan Whitehead I, he was placed on IR I just saw that recently he had all these hammy injuries and then of course he also had Brashard Perryman and Scotty Miller who both struggled in the toward the beginning of the season with hamstring issues and so Bruce kind of addressed this uh, with the media and he said we're going to be talking a lot to our sports science guys about what's going on. You know, and I, I posed the question, didn't get any response, but, you know, you, you got to think with some of these things, is it is it coincidence or is it not? And it just seems that there's so many of these injuries that maybe it's not coincidence. And B.A. even alluded to some of these things. He said, you know, we've been working the wide receivers, uh, giving them more reps in practice, and maybe that's it. He said, at this, this uh, uh, part of the season, our quarterbacks need even more reps. And, um, and Jameis, of course, with the hand, you know, still trying to rehab that thing, needing more reps. So I don't know what, what's going on, but it's not just hamstrings either. I mean, you saw Jensen. He had a little elbow tweak in the game, came back out. And then, of course, Donovan Smith um, has been out. And, and hopefully hopefully we'll get him back in this game. Um, you know, Josh Wells uh, struggled at times, but he also looked serviceable at other times with some help from, from OJ and some, some additional blocking. So, you know, injuries have been – I mean, we, we did so well. We did so well this season um, to to not struggle with injuries, and then right here at the end, coming off the big road trip, I think that's that's uh, potentially a, a part of this is the the wear and tear, the travel, finally catching up to the team, and uh, it's it's hit us at a really inopportune time. As I would have loved to see the Buccaneers at full strength going against the Texans. Oh yeah, for sure. But I I definitely don't think um, I'm glad it kind of happened. I don't want to say I don't like it, or I'm glad injuries happen, but I'm glad it happened where we're not pushing for the playoffs and losing two of our Pro Bowl wide receivers because yeah. we can throw that title on them now, our Pro Bowl wide receivers, for the first time since Fitzgerald and um, I forgot what the other guy's name was down in Arizona. Anquan Bolden. No, I don't think it was Bolden. I don't remember who it was, but it, it was the first time that two receivers from the same team got elected um, as Pro Bowl Polar. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, it just stinks. It, you don't want to see it happen. And um, but we've seen injuries flood the entire league this year. Um, mm-hmm. Major stars, really, if you really think about it. So that stinks. It does. And and I think that one of the good things, though, Brandon, is that I feel like we've we've been able to see out of those guys that got injured. We've we've already seen what we need to see out of them. Of course, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, right? I mean, we've seen what we need to see out of them. 
Whitehead has played much better this year. Coverage is still a little suspect, but in the run game, in blitzing, I mean, that's how he got injured. He had two uh, blitzes right in a row, uh, safety blitzes, where he was screaming through, like almost unblocked because of how athletic he is, and then injured himself with his hamstring because he blitzed like... I guess so fast or he threw his body out there you know, you've seen what you need to see out of him and then Scotty Miller has improved and has shown that he can catch a deep ball I, I really think that you've seen what you need to see out of those guys and so it's not a bad time for these injuries to happen of course it's never a good time but I'm saying it's not the worst time in the world for that to have happened it's just you know just frustrating for us as fans you know we'd love to see a matchup uh, with one of the the playoff uh, teams of our league and, and some a uh, team that I think we do match up well against. Now, you know, our strength, our offense is now, you know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to capitalize on our strengths now yeah. with uh, so many of our stars getting yeah. injured. So not a good thing. Nope. So with all the injuries leading up into the second half, how well do you feel the team held up? As far as, yeah, in in the game, the Detroit game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was really impressed. I really was. I mean, you 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 gotta give props to the main guy, which is or, I'm sorry, which is Jameis Winston. You know, he was balling, and I think I, I think at one point he had hit all active receivers <laughs> in the in the game. But even before the injuries, he was he had hit almost all of them. He hit like eight of the eleven or something crazy like that eligible receivers. Um, in the game, <laughs> I'm like, man, even before the injuries, Jameis Winston was still dealing. He was still balling. I mean, he hit yeah. Brajard Perriman for um, a long touchdown. He he hit Scotty Miller for a long touchdown. He he was hitting everybody. Bray, OJ, didn't matter who it was. And so you got to kind of look to hit that guy first. Um, Jameis was balling. And so it, it didn't really matter. I, I figured, man, you just throw anybody out on the field, you know, put Vita Vea out wide <laughs> in the X spot and see what he can do. Uh-huh. Because Jameis, Jameis uh, was balling. And when you got, when you're, when your right hand is literally hotter than the surface of the sun, I mean, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. But of course, oh, yeah. I think, I think that um, Byron Leftwich called a masterful game too, and he put those guys in positions to succeed. And then the defense closed it out. So I was really impressed with how we held up, even after some of the injuries. Of course, Brandon, it looked a little bleak there for a little bit. Um, you know, we we let the Lions back into the game, and uh, that's another one of my lows is letting up that lead. We we were. Within, they were within one touchdown of tying us, and they were driving. And the only thing that stood between them and, uh, you know, driving down the field was a Sean Murphy bunting pick six. And so, you know, with the injuries, I think it did show that the Bucks are a lot more fallible than when they have their stars. So that's why, that's what concerns me a little bit about this weekend is Bruce said it. He's like, we'll we'll see who's left <laughs> to go against the Texans. So. I, but I don't want to hear that. I want to hear it's next man up. I, I want to hear that. But, you know, I don't want to hear next man up either because, you know, just That's do cliche, your job, right? you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, I mean, you're right. We There's no way that we should have let the Detroit Lions back into that game. Um, it honestly probably would have been a goose egg up on the scoreboard for them had it, it been for some of those injuries that – really kind of just plug both sides of the ball and you know whether it right affected affected you know um timing or uh communication um because we've seen the communication when injuries happened earlier in the season and when Werner Hargrace left you know the first game we there was communication all over the place that were wrong um it could have been that but I think mm-hmm. realistically I you know you're right you know you have to play a full 60 minutes and it 
wasn't a full 60 minutes. It was a full maybe 45 minutes, right. but not a full 60 minutes. And you saw at the very end of the game that the Bucks' defense is capable of finishing. You saw at the very end of the game that the Bucks' offense still had the firepower. And, the, yeah, go ahead. And that's been multiple games, though, where a team has gone down the field to the red zone and yeah. we've either stopped them or turned the ball over. Um, and that's that's something that we haven't seen. And that's that would be a high for me is, you know, mm-hmm. our defense definitely had been on a, literally on a four-game winning streak for them. If you really think about it, all, you know, even though the whole team won as a whole, the defense has been on fire. And it's like watching the 20, 2002 Super Bowl defense out there on the, you know, on the field, turnovers, you know, sacks. We're just, it's just eating up. So I really think, you know, that could have been a little bit of it. And you see shades of what the defense could be. Of course, the 2002 team is up there with the best of all time. And, you know, you, you're not, of course, saying that this Bucks defense is, is akin to that. But you do see shades of the Bucks being able to finish the game or win the game on the back of the defense. My, my issue is like, you know, and this goes along with letting up the lead, is, is why can't we play lights out, aggressive, put your foot on their throat, just destroy them for the entire game. I don't understand why, you know, we have to keep letting these subpar teams back into the game just to make a play that I'm like, man, you couldn't have done that the third quarter. Yeah. Are we just are we just taking the third quarter off? I mean, you know, it's it's been it has been a uh, consistent, unfortunately, negative thing. I'll just go out and say it. I really don't like the way that the team has come out of halftime, uh, quite a few games this year. And I think that that could change. I think that could improve. Um, you know, we could we could come out of halftime better, and with that killer instinct of man, I'm going out there, and I want I want to humiliate these guys. I, I do, and just to have that killer instinct. Of course, I'm not out there playing, so I don't know the ebbs and flows of the game. If you're tired, if you're trying to save energy, I don't I don't know. But I would love to see the Bucks play more of a complete game, and that would I think that would give me as a fan less um stress (laughs) you know i was so stressed when i was so stressed when matt gay missed the field goal that's a low for sure you got to make that you got to make that put it make a two possession game i was so stressed i was like you got to be kidding me we're gonna let these freaking terrible lions with the third string quarterback come back into this game no way um but we got it done we got it done so enough with the uh lows why don't we get into some of the highs all right, sounds good to me. And uh, can I just um, brag on my boy for a minute? The guy had oh, a hat trick. Hat hat trick. Oh, I'm so excited for Shaw Perryman. Thank you, brother. Thank you. This is two weeks now. Two weeks in a row. Now, granted, you are now the number one receiver on the team. Right now. <laughs> you have to be. So you have to earn that paycheck now. Um. So, but man, talk about a guy just having a day and just having fun. I mean, it was good to see, and it, not just him, but the whole wide receiver core who literally had to step up and, you know, kind of help fill in Mike Evans' position and then eventually Godwin's position and then eventually um, Sammy Miller's position, you know. Those three guys, you know, they were literally keys to the team. Um, Sammy Miller, who's a rookie, you know, you're just like, dude, let's go. And they were just, like, balling. Like, And then Jameis just keeping the team. Man, I, I could go on and on about our offense right now. It's it's been really really hot, and you've seen. I, I mean, we we got to give credit to to Perriman because he's shown what he has. Maybe he has always believed about himself that he's a first round uh, draft pick caliber player. 
Um, but we didn't see it the first 11 games of the season. He's really that. come on strong these last couple of games. You know, um, the stat line was really impressive. You, you might have thought it was Michael Thomas or somebody out there if you just looked at the stats. It was 113 yards on five catches, and <laughs> and three of those catches went for six. So on only five catches, um, three of those catches went for six. I mean, that was impressive. Um, like you said, man, he's propelled into the number one spot. Byron Leftwich better get creative because if they're going to be doubling him and we're going to be trying to chuck out, you know, Watson and our two tight ends and maybe Spencer Schnell, like who we just activated. To, I mean, I don't even know who's going to be out there. At wide receiver, it's going to be an interesting game to see. It's going to be. It's definitely going to be interesting. And you know, the problem is, um, there's not as many free agents now. This at this point in the season, um, especially with the XFL fixing to start their league, I'm pretty sure there was a clause in between the NFL and the XFL saying, "Hey, you're not going to be stealing our players. We're not going to be stealing your players. You know, you just do it during your respective off season. If you want to take a free agent, take a free agent." But they're right now in the league so i think that's where it's going to hurt a lot of teams moving forward if this mm-hmm. xfl does continue um because you're you're not going to see what we used to of players playing multiple leagues you know because these injuries are starting to pile up on the older players and mm-hmm. you know the younger players gonna be like oh i want to play football but i'm not going to go to that league either so that's something to really think about going forward for sure that'll be interesting and, and of course we can't you know another high and we can't we can't even it, it's almost like I would say Jameis is probably above Pearman on the highs, but they, I mean, they both balled out. Um, Jameis Winston was, dude, he was on another planet. I mean, his he was on fire. It it might have been the glove. I don't know, man. I mean, it might have been the glove. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Um, but he his throws, I mean, Brandon, I think I saw some of the, the most beautiful throws that Jameis Winston has ever made in his career on display on Sunday. He was on fire. He was the first. He's the first first quarterback in the history of the NFL to throw for two consecutive games over 450 yards. He had uh, 458 yards today, four touchdowns, and only one interception. And um, listen, guys, unless something dramatically changes, dramatically changes these last two games, I think he's coming back. And I think, and I think it's for good reason too. We don't necessarily. I mean, I have my own opinions, but I don't know about you guys. We don't necessarily know um, whether he can cut down on his interceptions. We don't probably know. Won't. No, probably won't. Probably won't. Let's be real. We don't know if we can con- consistently win with Jameis. We don't know that yet. We've only seen four wins here in a row. My opinion, though, is that I've seen enough, just me personally, I've seen enough to bring him back next year on some kind of deal, whether it's franchise tag, short term, something, you know, one year guaranteed so you don't lose a lot of cap cap space and if you if you decide to go a different way. Here's what I think. I think that we're now creating a defense that's good enough, Brandon, that we can offset some of those turnovers. We created, what, two or three turnovers on yeah. Sunday. That 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 made up for James's turnovers. That's okay. And, That's great. And that was multiple games that we've had multiple turnovers on defense versus our. You know, um, even though James threw three last week, he only threw one this week, which you know wasn't yeah. terrible. But at the yeah. same time, you know, um, it just was awesome to see that opportunity of James finally being like consistent. I mean, because that's what he was. Because if that, during that first quarter, the man almost had 200 yards before the end of the first quarter. The first it quarter, was, not the first half. I, the first dude, quarter. I could not believe what I was seeing. It it was incredible. And I mean, I, I also saw we Brandon. I, I I noticed some of the little things too about Jameis. I saw him take some good sacks. 
good sacks. Maybe no sack is ever maybe a good sack, but sometimes there are some good sacks. I mean, for instance, there was one play where everybody was covered downfield. We are um, getting close to field goal range. It's not, I don't think it's third down or anything. And there's nowhere for him to scramble. The pocket is collapsing. Does he chuck the ball to one of his receivers and think he can get it close? Uh, no. Is he in a place where he can get out of the pocket so that he, you know, can't can't avoid the, um, you know, uh, intentional grounding? No. So what does he do? He takes the sack. These are the kind of things that you want to see um, in growth from your, your quarterback. He's He's shown that he can throw the ball away a little bit more. He's shown that he can take off and run with it when he's healthy a little bit more. I think that he's growing. He's making strides, and B.A.'s message, I think, is beginning to get through to James Winston. What, what do you think about that? I, I definitely think he's improving, and we talked about it two weeks ago after the mm-hmm. second win in the row, even though I said we were going to lose the Colts game, I think it was. Um, yeah, that that kind of came back and bit me after they got eliminated too. Um, anyways, um, but I said it two um, two weeks two weeks ago on the podcast. Um, I really do believe that um he might come back on a tag, not a full, you know, full ride, you know, so to say. But I really think it might be a you know, uh, a tag where you know we got to see what else he can do in BA system because this is only one year, and this is also you know with Todd Bowl or not Todd Bowles um. Leftwich. I'm not gonna say his first name, so you 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 know you bashed me last week, so <laughs> you bashed. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but um, it's Leftwich first year as a coordinator too, so there's a lot of first for this team on the offensive side of the ball, and it's working. Now, hopefully, Leftwich doesn't get a head coaching job because there's gonna be at least seven of them, maybe. Yeah. You know, so it it'd be awesome to you know retain a whole staff another mm-hmm. season. Um, tagging Jameis and then going out there and seeing what else we can do well and and I think and I know you never want to to win as many games as we've won and be kind of in the the lower like have some of the highest picks in or the the lowest picks in the draft of non-playoff teams what I mean is like 15 to 20 you just it stinks to be there because it's like we can't even you know, we're not even really adding someone who's of elite talent. I mean, maybe you can hit on somebody, um, but you're that's really you're I'm not getting offensive line. Just get the offensive line. And honestly, that's probably what they're going to do. But anyway, the you don't want to be there. But it almost bodes well for keeping the staff intact too, Brandon. I feel like they might feel like they have unfinished business, and they could come back next year and really compete. I think they all believe that. I think that we could we have a really good shot at keeping Bowles, at keeping Byron. And for them to have another year with BA and to really compete next year. Now, after next year, if we see some success, guys, I mean, it's going to be hard pressed to keep everybody from the staff onto a third year. But I think we have a pretty good chance of next year of our coaches and our coaching staff coming back and saying we want to we want to uh, really truly get some success with this Buccaneers team and complete the turnaround. Um, and then one more just editorial note on Jameis. It, it, it looks like he actually had 227 yards in the first quarter. And uh, it's uh, uh, Peter Report said that it's the most from any quarterback in the first quarter since Peyton Manning in 2004. And uh, it's mm. funny that it's Peyton Manning because mm. uh, he's, been, he's been good. He's been compared to him a lot lately. He really he has. has. Um, but going back to the, you know, the whole team as a general, we mm. racked up five games in a row in 2016, and we lost our last two – or lost two of those games going into, the, you know, which eliminated us from the playoffs. We're mm. kind of on that same boat right now. You know, we're, we got four in a row. We're going on for our fifth. We still got those two games, you know. So I, hopefully history doesn't repeat itself, man. That's all I'm saying because – that that 2016 
offense was balling when Jameis was at at you know at the helm, and he was younger, mm-hmm. and he was still having you know having a good day. So and uh, Mike Evans was younger. I forgot who who the other receiver was at the time, but um, regardless, you know it was that at that point we're like, oh wow, we finally got a defense. Wow, we finally got an offense. Here we are, two years later, three years later, and we're in the same boat. We have an offense. We have a defense. We've got we've strung some win- wins together. Hold it together the rest of the way, guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and it'll be really. I think the what'll be on display on Sunday, whether we win or lose, Brandon is has the culture really changed because you'll be able to see that whether we win or lose if bruce arians can get the team out there and say look i know that everybody and their mama is injured this week i know that we had to go sign people off the freaking street but if we can get out there and compete with one of the better teams in the league of course they struggle in a lot of ways and and their defense is not great but if we can get out there and compete with a playoff level team and um and, and hurt their chances of making the playoffs, if we can go out there and compete for our pride, for the sake of winning, for the sake of a change culture, I really truly think that you will see, whether we win or lose, whether the culture has changed in Tampa Bay or not. Um, man, it, as far as culture is concerned, too, we'll get onto the defense and, and the strides that they made, but I just want to point out, uh, I saw a tweet by Devin White. I don't know if you saw this one or you guys at home saw this one. He said, man, I just really don't see myself missing the playoffs again next year. And I was or in the in years to come and I'm like, "Oh, that made oh, you feel man. good." That's that made so you feel good. good. Yeah, he I saw that He's such a leader. He's such a leader. And if we could in the in the here's the thing is we're going to have to see who we can bring back next year, but guys, I like the core of players that we have. Devin White, Levante David, you know, leading from the middle. We've got a great core of young, um, you know, cornerbacks in our backfield. Maybe add a little depth. Uh, but really the big thing is going to be the, the defensive line. Shaq's got to get paid. I would love to see us bring JPP back. We'll see about Sue, maybe Nassib as well. Um, you know, if and if we can bring these guys back and keep a cohesive unit, and we've got some magic here, guys. This, this is the beginning of maybe um, a team that can compete and that has a true window. Man, it would be awesome to see a team that's, that's changing our culture here at the end of the season and that wants to come back. These guys hopefully want to come back to Tampa Bay and finish what they started. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to go talk about those defense real quick before we need to move on? Absolutely. Let me let me talk about Sean Murphy Bunting in the secondary. Um, man, he he had the game ceiling play. It and, and listen, he had one against Jacksonville too. I mean, he and and I watched that film back a little bit too. He he was the one that he poked his hand in there and got the interception. It wasn't just that. He was in the right place at the right time in Jacksonville. He also caused the interception in the end zone when it looked like Jacksonville was about to score and make it real interesting. Well, listen, he does the exact same thing of taking the wind out of the sails of the Lions. The Lions are within a touchdown. They're driving. And and what just a fantastic read. He, he saw David Blau's eyes the whole way, sat on the route, made a great jump on the ball, and took it back for, I think, close to 70 yards. Am I incorrect? It was like a 70-or-so-yard yeah. so pick six to put the game on ice. Man, I was so impressed with Sean Murphy Bunting. He's played great. And the rest of the secondary has done well as well. And I wanted to just point some things out. Um, number one, let me point some things out about the secondary and Sean Murphy Bunting. Okay, I saw a stat about this. Sean Murphy Bunting now has more picks in 13 games than Hargraves did in four years. Who is that? Sean Murphy Bunting has has more picks in 13 games than Vernon Hargraves did in all four years that he played 
on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad. You That's mean that guy, the guy that we drafted number one, you know, in our draft a couple years, four years ago? Not that only guy? that, not only that, but the guy that we're going against this weekend, I hope James Winston throws at him the entire game and uh, makes him pay for all of the, the blown coverages he's had in Tampa Okay, Bay that was one. History. Okay, What's your second one? one? Let me point this out. Okay. Um, since we have cut Vernon Hargraves, the secondary has played so much better. Pass breakups, staying with receivers for the most part, interceptions. They're a good young core that I think has gotten better and better and can improve into the future. I want to give you some stats. Let me drop some stats on you here, man. In our first nine games, this is um, pre-cutting you know, Vernon Hargraves. First nine games, they were 32nd in pass yards against per game. 24th in opposing QB rating. That means QBs were, were doing pretty good. 16th in completion percentage. 30th in touchdowns allowed per game and 19th in the league in interceptions per game. Now, in the last five games, this is incredible, man. This is incredible. They are now 19th in pass yards against per game. They are 9th in opposing QB rating. That means quarterbacks are not doing well against them. They are 5th in completion percentage. Now they are uh, tied for 10th in touchdowns allowed per game against them and now tied 12th in interceptions produced per game this is a massive step up guys our defense and our secondary the much maligned secondary that we've all griped and complained about and in getting seeing them get burnt all the time they have really truly like factually we can't you can't deny it we have improved in these last five games and um i don't think that it's a it's a um a coincidence that we've also been five of our last six um winning in, in those games and, and now on a four-game win streak. What do you think about those two things? No, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, it was it's good to see those young guys finally come together and start working together as a whole because those once we got literally a non-leader, which we had talked about before the trade deadline about bringing a veteran in and being a vol- – once we got the virus out of – the body so to speak you know because the team's a body as a whole man that team came together and was like it was like a whole new team came together and it was like whoa that's awesome because you're talking about a guy who should have been a leader at four years in the league and was not performing as a leader wasn't playing like a leader um wasn't acting like a leader and then you have all these young guys who are one you know rookies two year you know two years in the league Playing ten times better than he is right now. Er, right now, nah. There's no coincidence there. That that's that's a team coming together, knowing that their quote unquote leader that they had at one point is no longer there, and they're all stepping up and filling those shoes that he couldn't fill as an individual player. You gotta give those hats off to those guys. Absolutely, you 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 definitely have to. And our defense also would not be what it is without all the pieces working together. You know, Shaq Barrett, big ups to him. We gave him big ups on the social media account. He's now tied Warren Sapp's record. Um, and my prediction is he's going to break it this week. We shall see. But I think he's going to break it against a really slippery Deshaun Watson. Uh, right? You got the rest of the line working well. JPP, Carl Nassib, Dalvin Sue, Via Vea. And, um, and then you got Devin White and, um, and Levante David. Now, we need to camp out here for just a minute, just a few minutes, because it's a crime. It is a crime. It is a federal yeah, – people should get oh, jail go. time. They should get jail time for <laughs> Levante David not being 
in the Pro Bowl. I just, okay. man, how All right. does this well, keep happening? Okay. How does this so keep happening? This, this, is, this is what the lead ha- league has come to. Um, a lot of the linebacker's position. Now now he's moved over yeah, to yeah. I, inside, I know exactly what you're saying. Exactly okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I get it. But that's kind of what's going on because those inside linebackers are playing as defensive ends and they're not getting that name so they that's a different position and so that's how those players those linebackers are getting in that's why you see so many different linebackering um positions not work out in the pro bowl because they're on the line versus playing the actual linebacker luke keekley you know he's a different kind of inside linebacker he can play both on the line and away from the ball you know, Shaq Barrett, he can get to the ball, but he's more of our defensive end, you know, in, inside linebacker. So that's where that is. I'm just going to put that there. I know you're not happy and, about, and about listen, it. And listen, I, I hear you, and I think that that's the only reasonable explanation is the, just an issue of categorizing what we've got going on. But it's frustrating. It really is. And so, you know, I mean, it, you mentioned Luke Keekley. Yeah, he has more tackles and one more interception. You know, but he, he, Levante David's got a sack at 10 tackles for loss versus three tackles for loss and six QB hits um, and in a bevy of other tackles. I mean, it's just more it's just really obvious that Levante David's making a lot of splash plays, you know, around the line of scrimmage. He's he's a he's a, a true inside linebacker. And I think um, really what what I think is, is we should just recategorize this of pass rushers and linebackers because they're two different things. Shaq yeah. Barrett is completely different now. I mean, JPP, you saw him out there running like a linebacker backer because the man is ageless i've i've I've, i'm on record calling him i I said i've never seen you know jpp and jesus in the same room so you know i'm on record of that and we have some really athletic pass rushers but that's not the same devin white and levante david are true um linebackers and i think the the categories need to be changed because um it's going to hurt him in his hall of fame um the the voting process it's guys it's politics the hall of fame is politics you know we have uh, our voter who uh, petitions on behalf of bucks players ira kaufman guy's awesome um but one of the things he says is like the the resume man it's so important winning it's so important rings is so important and also pro bowls is becoming a little bit more important and that's frustrating because it's it's a popularity contest but it's also like you said um, these guys are, are really losing out on these awesome seasons that they've had because of simple, stupid issues that could be resolved. So, All right, anyway. hold on. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a pin in that for a second. Um, going back to what we were talking about with Luke Kuechly and Levante David for a second. Now, these guys have been dominant linebackers in the NFC and respectively in the NFC South because there's constantly here you hear you hear times where these linebackers are constantly just going out and dominating, dominating, dominating. Now, we moved. Levante outside linebacker this year so and I said inside linebacker those are the guys who are struggling where he was because he got moved to the outside outside inside whatever regardless he got moved from his original position so he got to play differently this year he was he had a great season don't get me wrong he's having a great season but it's not like a peak season like he had when Quan Alexander was in there because Quan Alexander he played a different linebacker position and we saw Levante David just making those hits making those hits making those hits going out to Carolina Luke Keekley he didn't have a peak season even though you know stats show it it wasn't like he was making those big time plays it was like he was struggling here struggling there struggling there so it's you said it it's a popularity contest Tom Brady's not in it we're all happy yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, anyway, no, I hear you. I do, I do, and and there's probably 
little that can be done unless something happens through through the NFL to just kind of revamp this because, dude, I was voting all the time for Levante and yes, those guys. Dude, I was voting <laughs> all the time. And um, we got to do something a little bit better to to work on the process here. It just it, It's just got to be more, in my opinion, uh, less, I don't want to say biased, but a little bit less subjective. So anyway, we yeah. need to move on. We're yes, already, let's we're already move on. Yep. Already let's running go late. On. Let's go ahead and bring it over when the Texans, the players of the AFC South, are in a playoff battle with the Tennessee Titans right now for that one spot. For the division, they have two games left apiece. Whether they both win or they both lose, they play each other on the last week of their season. And that's ultimately going to come down to that. But they both need a win this weekend in order to dominate. So, with that being said, they are coming in hungry for a playoff spot. They are leading their their division. What can we do to stop them? That's a good question. I think it starts with, and I'll just give a, a brief kind of overview of who the Texans are, and then we can talk about maybe some ways that we think that the Bucks, what the Bucks would have to do, the things that would have to go right. A lot of things would go have to go right, guys. I mean, spoiler alert for the Bucks to win this weekend. So we'll we'll get into that in just a second. Let me give a brief overview of who the Texans are before we talk about what the Bucks might need to do. Okay, so they got, like you said, they sit atop the AFC South. They've got a nine and five record, but they got pummeled by the Broncos like last week and then they squeaked one out against the Titans so you know you have to you have to ask like where they're where are they at as a team I still think they're one of the very dangerous teams in the NFL and can compete in the playoffs but their offense is their I guess you would say strength of their team a glaring glaring weakness is their defense so their offense ranks about seventh in the league overall but their defense ranks about 28th Teams have been able to score well against the Texans, and the Texans have struggled to take the ball away. In fact, if you think back to their last few games, their defense got just bas- just freaking dunked on by Drew Locke and the Broncos, and then they allowed the Titans to stay close. But, you know, you check their record, and they've still been able to string some things together. They found a way to win, and so, you know, you kind of think, well, then what's going to happen on Saturday's, in Saturday's game? You know, uh, un- unfortunately, I think injuries are going to play a really big role in the game, maybe too much of an outcome, uh, uh, too much of a role in the outcome, right? The Bucks have a depleted wide receiver core, and this was this was the Bucks' opportunity to really take it to the Texans. You know, if they had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and uh, even Scotty Miller uh, available, Rashard Perriman playing great, offensive line being able to you know pass protect a lot better recently. Maybe you get Rojo and Peyton going. I mean, I think the Bucks could easily have won this game. Um, could easily have seen a way to win this game. But they're they're hurt. You you have Mike Mike Evans out, you have Chris Godwin out and you have Scotty Miller out. They're number 1, 2 and 4 receivers. This might give the Texans the edge that they need. And then of course Houston's offense you know they're really good. They've looked a little bit slower lately. I've gone back and I've watched these games. They're they're not this you know what you would imagine like they're not playing at the highest level they possibly can. They've got weapons of their own, right? They got New Hopkins, right? DeAndre Hopkins. They've got Will Fuller. They've got Willie Sneed. They've got uh, Carlos Hyde on the ground. Uh, and there's another uh, running back. I've got it down in my notes here somewhere. But they've got uh, oh Duke Johnson. They've got some. They've got some. They've got some weapons, guys. Uh, and of course Deshaun Watson, who's one of the the upper echelon of quarterbacks. And so, you know, will their offense be able to capitalize against our defense? This, you know, if, if Deshaun Watson can stay upright, 
the, the, he has a pretty good chance at potentially carving up our secondary. I mean, you just can't you can't guard in everyone for forever. So that kind of brings us to that was who the Texans are and where they're kind of at in their season. They've struggled, um, but now I want to kind of talk about maybe some of the things that the Bucks would have to like the things that would have to go right for the Bucks needed for it. us to potentially they needed win. It. So, Not have to do. They need to do. Yeah, you want to jump in with with something that you think the Bucks need to do to be able to win. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and steal one of yours, unfortunately, because I go do agree it. with you. After, but we gotta get a run game going. Um, you're talking about Deshaun Jackson, who is very elusive in that backfield, and uh, if Watson. we're not, what? Sorry, Watson. That's okay. No. Watson. Deshaun Jackson. He he's hurt. He he's <laughs> he's out of here. We don't care about him, right? Get out of here. Oh, I forgot it. Anyways, regardless, um, he's elusive. He's like Lamar Jackson. He's very elusive in that pocket. He can run. He can scramble. Um, but. We've seen him get a cleat in his face this year and still go out and dominate. So, you know, I'm just saying there is a very, 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 very bad chance. Now, going back to our run game, that front line of the defense for the Texans has been struggling a little bit in times. Like you said, it, they lost to the Broncos. Who are the Broncos? Absolutely no one in the AFC. So it's kind of like a hit or miss that we are seeing a team who's in the playoffs it's the afc south and the nfc east are both two terrible divisions and yet Mm -hmm. they're gonna have a team that's barely at barely at (laughs) barely at eight and eight maybe even better at you know maybe nine and seven they're gonna be one of those teams that are gonna get a division home game just because their whole division stinks right so i think if Ronald Jones or Peyton Marvel, one of those two guys, have got to get to those holes, go run through them, and dominate. Because we are going to struggle against this team. I'm going to say it right now. We are going to struggle. They are, they're going to come in hungry in Tampa, wanting a playoff spot. They're, they're a new franchise since 2002. They, they are hungry for more playoffs. They've been in the playoffs a couple times, more than we have in the past decade. So they're hungry. They're ready for that. And it, I think that whole Texans team is ready to kind of move on. Yeah, definitely. Well, and like you said, getting that run game going, you know, they've they did pretty good their first, you know, from weeks uh, three to nine, right? They in weeks three to nine they held their opponents to under one hundred yards on the ground, but then after their bye week, it kind of turned around, and and then in weeks thir- eleven through fifteen. Uh, they've allowed their opponents over 100 yards in four of the last five games. So that's not good. And, you know, in fact, over the last five games, they've allowed an average of 165.8 yards each game. Now, granted, that number is a little bit skewed, you know, because they had to play the Ravens. And the Ravens are amazing on the ground. Um but even if you took that that out, I mean, they're still allowing. You know, if you took that whole game out against the Ravens, they'd still be allowing 143.25 yards on the ground in those uh, four games, um, uh, not including the Ravens game. So, you know, that's just it's got to be an area that the Bucks exploit. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, what's another key that for our def- or for our team to have to do this week? Got to, I mean, we got to have defense, the uh, defensive play that's just lights out. It, it has to happen. The defense has to win this game, guys. And I know Jameis Winston has been on another level, and 
you know, I really do think that Byron's going to be creative, and I actually think we're still going to see some offensive production. You know, I think that we're going to find ways into rounds, um, you know, uh, slants, that we saw some awesome drag routes, that some really inventive routes, and, and I will, I do want to, you know, toot my own horn a little bit. I looked over at, at Abigail mm-hmm. when, um, when they had uh, uh, Ishmael Hyman out there, and they, they put they bumped Hyman out to the outside and it looked exactly like the play. Remember where Brashard Perriman got one over the middle with a drag route and took it to the end zone. They just flipped the play. It was basically the same play, except for the fact that, that Brashard Perriman went on a wheel route. And it, it, before the play, I was like, Brashard Perriman wheel route. This is a touchdown. And I looked at Abigail and I said, I said, book it. And then it happened. So, you know, you see some really creative <laughs> stuff. Like I'm dead serious. It happened. Now I didn't, you know, I didn't put it on Twitter or anything. So I, there's, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure not your factual wife, evidence. It happened sure, though. You, you have to believe sure, me. I crossed my I'm heart. Pretty, I'm pretty sure your wife would have looked at you and be like, what are you talking about? I said wheel route <laughs> touchdown, Brashard Perriman, and it happened. So anyway, we've seen some really inventive play calling. Byron's been on his game. He deserves um, a lot of props for you know being a big part of the Bucks, being able to win uh, so well and, and do so much. Um, but guys, you know our defense is going to have to carry this. The Bucks, the Bucks, um, man, they they they're not the Bucks right now, right? They're without their number one, number two, number four receiver. It's basically unfair. So how will the Bucks tilt the scales? Well, they're going to have to have some stellar play out of the defense. Uh, th- this is what I think the Bucks have to do. They have to have a multiple sack, multiple takeaway game. And then so they might talking have, about they might eight have a sacks. Say maybe? Yeah. Eight sacks, maybe? You know, I didn't want to bring this up, Brandon, but um, you might have <laughs> yes, been a little I wrong know. last week. Listen, I was completely wrong. But I was I was hungry, man. I was hungry for some lion. I really was. I those guys had to be hungry for some lion. And the I, gotta give the credit to the Lions offensive line for keeping them out of the backfield as much as they did. I mean, because there was a couple times there was some sacks that could have been really, really, like, adding up onto that scorebook. But, you know, regardless, let's stay to the Texans game. Yeah, and and, and the defense. I mean, you, you've you got to have great defensive play. The Texans, they they have some of the um, – they're, they're the most loaded firepower on offense that you'll see around the league. They're number seventh in the league in offense. And if you look down the stats, you can, you can look them all up on pro reference. You can look them all up on ESPN. They're just a really good offense. They've got, you know, like I said, Deandre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Willie Sneed, um, guys like, uh, uh, no, it's not Willie Sneed. It's, it's Kenny Stills. I get those two guys mixed up. Kenny Stills. They got guys like Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson that can go off on the ground uh, and so what you're going to need is you're going to need the defensive line to create not only pressure, but also to to finish it. I mean, we had yeah. Vita Vea unblocked going at David Blau, and somehow he got juked out. I mean, we've seen our defensive line get this all this pressure, and then sometimes we can't finish. So we need to finish. And then what that does, Brandon, is it, it, it takes pressure off of our young secondary. We've seen mm-hmm. some of the best games the secondary has had has been uh, some of the best games the defensive line has had because it just makes sense, right? Like when the quarterback has less time to throw it, the coverage seems better, even if there was somebody, you know, wide open. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the reality is is that you can't cover somebody forever. And so, you know, if the offensive line for the Texans is really successful against our defensive line, I think Deshaun Watson could find a way to carve up our secondary. So we're going to need, a, a, you know, a great tandem effort. And then I'm looking forward to seeing Devin White healthy. Um, guys, he, he was he was questionable for this past Sunday. He had an illness, and it was pretty evident. You know, he wasn't really a factor on on defense. Um, but I'm looking forward to him 
him being back to his stellar um, defensive rookie of the year level. I'm not saying he's going to win it now because of that dud game, but um, you know, back to that level self. So, man, if our defense can ball out, Brandon, we've got a chance. Yeah, but there's some guys that are on the other side of the ball that need a ball out and kind of pick up the slack on the team because we are hurting in one position and we're going to bring some guys in who don't really know the playbook that well. So how are those two guys key players, or should we say, who were have been struggling all season, all season, they've been struggling. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. They're, they've been struggling, but they've had some, they've had their games. Both of them each have had m- maybe one, two games under their belts that they balled out. But come Saturday, they're gonna need to be the stars in this game. I think I think I know where you're going with this. I let me and let me phrase it this way, guys. You know, Brandon and I think our tight ends they got a ball like it's 2017. We got we uh, tight ends, man. We our tight ends have to ball like it is 2017 with our number one, number two, and number four wide receivers out. We've got to get offensive production elsewhere. Jameis Winston said um, at his press conference, he said he greeted his tight ends. You're gonna love this, Brandon. He said he greeted his tight ends this week by saying, "Hey, y'all are gonna get the rock." So we'll see. We'll see if Bray and OJ are up to the task. Do Do you think they're gonna be up to the task? I hope so, and the, if anything, that we need to see both of them play like they did in twenty set, like you said in twenty seventeen. This is it because both those guys, we've seen it before, where our two long, tight ends were basically our number one receivers for like a while, um, even with Mike Evans in the game. So that being said, will our receivers get a chance to struggle against a Vernon Hargraves? Nah. It's the other guys we're going to be worried about um, because those younger guys aren't going to be playing up to their full potential because they're not used to, we don't know, they, yeah, they've been working out, but they haven't played up to a full speed game yeah. level, you know, for how long because yeah. they were either on a practice squad team or vice versa, just sitting at home on the couch, just working out. So that's going to be, it's going to be scary, but it is what it is. All right, let's move on to our predictions because we have been rambling, 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 rambling. Yeah, um, yeah, mm. let's get into it, man. I mean, I I see him right here. Uh, you know, it's a little bit disappointing, but before we get to that, let's look at what our predictions were from the Lions game, you know? Uh, the Lions, they they struggled to get the offense going, um, so they they actually got the exact number of points that I predicted for them, right? Yeah, yeah. I I said the Bucks had twenty. It was going to be twenty eight to seventeen and four until James Winston, you know, put up another stinking touchdown. He didn't need to do that. <laughs> you know, I would have been almost right again. I would have been getting closer. But yeah, the Bucks' actual final score was thirty eight to seventeen. Um, and what, and what did you regar- have? Yeah, what did you have for the score? But regardless, you know, Sean Bunting's uh, interception return also didn't help the score either. That bumped it up another touchdown as well. So, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes. Anyways, um, I had 27-24. I thought maybe the um, Lions probably would have gotten maybe a couple field goals versus touchdown. Mm-hmm. They only got one. So we kept them out of field goal range pretty much the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, they just struggled completely. So it was good win. It was good win. But let's talk about next week's game because it's going to be a hungry hungry texans game are we going to have a hungry hungry texans team win or are we going to have a youngry uh bucks team win oh don't eat that is that is blasphemy get that out of here <laughs> i don't want to hear it 
This is a brand new team, the BA's team. Uh, ain't no, ain't no risking it for no biscuit here. Okay, you know, no risk it, no. So biscuit. you're gonna risk. So you're gonna risk it in biscuit this week? No, I'm not, guys. Unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, I have to be my 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 most level-headed self. I actually think the Texans are gonna win. I've got the Bucks losing 21 to 24. Um, this actually will be a repeat score for the Texans. I think that it's just about right for their offensive production, for our defensive, you know, um, for how stout our defense has played. And I think we're going to struggle to put up the same numbers with a depleted wide receiver core. You know, if we can if we can fight, stay in this game, I won't be mad at the Bucks at all. Um, but I don't think I just don't think we have the horses uh, to be able to compete with the Texans team. What do you think? I agree 100 percent unfortunately um when we were on that chance that small verge of a playoff hope i said we weren't going to get it regardless because of this game alone um because this was going to be the camp or the camel or the broken back that right straw the broke, whatever the there's the straw back. whatever you know tomato tomato anyways um but this was the game that i felt was gonna ruin it for us regardless of where we sat and i think we're gonna lo- i still think we're gonna lose this game because they're they're hungry they the texans are hungry for that playoff spot i've been saying it all all day um it's just gonna be a game where we should have probably won but team that's better and hungry mm-hmm. and more determined but it would be nice to see the bucks play spoiler and you know basically kind of just almost eliminate them so they can go into their last game of the season against the t- titans and pretty much be a playoff game then so the winner takes the afc you know afc south there so it would be fun to play spoiler i just don't see it happening i agree with you with a score of seven, or 21 17 it's rough, guys. I hate predicting that, but but then again, guys. I mean, it, it's it's a reasonable prediction, especially with the injuries that we've undergone. I mean, no team, most teams in the NFL. If you if you if you would just say, let's pick out of a hat, if your number one, number two, and number four receivers are down, potentially your starting left guard is also down, or left tackle is also down. Um, your quarterback had a hairline fracture on his thumb. If you give anybody those like scenarios they're probably going to pick the other team now it just so happens that the bucks have been hot lately but man you got to have the players to to be able to compete but we'll see we'll see i'd love to be proven wrong so you know i mean it it is what it is uh but uh let's let's hope next week that we have we have pie in our face and then we have to eat some crow and like christopher cole said any given sunday actually it's saturday but any giving (laughs) any given sunday but it's gonna be any given saturday it could be this saturday because we have literally a double triple header you know mm-hmm. on the nfl network plugging those games for saturday it's gonna be good to watch nfl football on saturday and sunday i mean it's mm-hmm. gonna be perfect you got three days of football before christmas how how much better can that get it can't that's, that's an early christmas present man i'm excited about it now do we want to talk a little bit about um, who made it to the Pro Bowl kind of as our news um, for to kind of round things out in the show before we talk about our Christmas schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got the results of the Pro Bowl, and three Bucks made the initial roster, even though probably only one of them will actually be going, unfortunately, due just injury-wise, to just say, stay healthy. But I really – you got to give it up. Third time he was selected to a Pro Bowl – Mike Evans, all right, you got that one. And then his first Pro Bowl appearance, Chris Godwin. Gee, baby, that was beautiful for him. It was good to see. And then, last but not least, the monstrous guy on the inside linebacker position, number 58. Outside, outside linebacker. Sorry, outside. outside. No, it's okay, it's okay. Sack 
Shaq Barrett. What a beautiful, beautiful name to hear. A defensive player earning that roster spot into the playoffs with his literally going to be franchise-leading sack record going to the Pro Bowl in Orlando, by the way, which is in our backyard, which is crazy to think that this coming up season in 2020, you're going to have the Super Bowl in our front yard and then the Pro Bowl in our backyard. It's like, who gets that? It's crazy, you know? (laughs) So, but it was good to see that those three players, um, not a lot of surprises, you know, not of that probably should have been in, should have been out. Um, Who knows? Winston might be one of those guys that's an alternate because, you know, a quarterback, Russell Wilson might be in the playoffs. Drew Brees might be in the playoffs. You know, one of those guys. Yeah, Rodgers might be in the playoffs too. I mean, like, and that was what my follow-up was going to be, Brandon, is of all the Bucks that maybe could have gone to the Pro Bowl, which do you think maybe was the biggest? Well, I don't, we know what the biggest snub was. What were some of your snubs, you would say, from the Bucks? Uh, Devin that, White. I'll, 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 I'll drop it right there. Devin White. Interesting. I really think for he really played up to be a – if it wasn't for Lamar, Lamar Jackson or all these big-time stars that were playing in um, rookie kind of caliber – ways even though lamar jackson is elite and probably will win mvp on his own like let's just put him in that category there defensive wise you know you're playing against jj why you know all these kind of guys but he easily could have been rookie or nick bosa right he's a rookie I'm trying to think of the rookies out there that are on the defensive side of the ball but he could have easily probably been in a running for defense rookie of the year for his quality of playing and leadership wise in that kind of level and it was just really upsetting to see because how many times have you seen a rookie kind of make it to a pro bowl not much not much in this league but Jameis winston got to do it as an alternate right so devin white i'm with it i think you know maybe a better a better chance might have been to be ho- hopefully in the running potentially for rookie of a uh, defensive rookie of the year. We'll see my, my biggest snub um, of course was Levante. Um, you know, I actually think that James also maybe should have gotten a look too. I know that I know that the, the, the top three quarterbacks, it's crazy. Let me, let, let me this, N- this NS, I mean, the NFC South though is just stacked with quarterbacks. I mean, how can, it's but like that's, how can that's, the league? That's not necessarily the problem. I think it's just the NFC is stacked. I mean, because you got Russell Wilson. Oh, that's what Aaron, I'm saying. Aaron, right, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I mean, that, man, those guys are so good, and and maybe all three of them will end up in the playoffs. We'll we'll get Jamison as an alternate because Jameis is currently you know number one in the NFL um, with with passing yards. Let me pull up uh, the the yards for him. He's got four thousand five hundred seventy three yards. Um, Dak Prescott's uh, behind him with four thousand three hundred thirty four yards. Jameis Winston, I believe, is two or three behind Lamar Jackson with touchdowns, and um, you know he would he would need to really ball out these last couple of games to um, you know beat out some records for passing yards in a season. You know he's got a really good chance of going over the five thousand mark here. Um, you know I think he 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 maybe should have had a look here for the Pro Bowl, but like you said, man, it's so stacked, it's just difficult. You know it's difficult to even see a scenario where he could have been, especially with all the interceptions. They definitely don't go in his favor. So. Now- now we'll maybe if we won a couple games and he threw a couple less interceptions, turnovers, um, th- his you know touchdowns versus interceptions definitely would have put him. In. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about another wide receiving core 
who right now the top five guys in the in a, oh I'm sorry in the uh, <laughs> NFC South are leading the league in passing yardage. Yeah, literally all all the first five names that you see on the list it's Saints, Bucks, Saints, Bucks, Carolina. Yeah, and that's how many is that for receiving yards? Yeah, receiving yards. Right. Like it's just mind blowing. Like we have a stacked quarterback system. We have a stacked wide receiving system. Yeah. It's like the NFC South is like so dominant it's like when you look at the afc south is who do you got tom brady yeah lamar jackson and that's it like right. you can't really go down the list of who else are you going to put in because all the other quarterbacks are pretty much injured in that division right well and, i mean Mahomes. you also have michael thomas julio jones and then of course chris godwin and mike evans who were who made the pro Bowl. all again all nfc south wide receivers so it's 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 a tight race man it's a tight race if a couple more wins a couple less interceptions james winston gets a look Yep, for sure. All right, so let's. Um, I think that was it. We were we were gonna touch on the injury news, but you guys heard it. We mm-hmm. were talked. We talked about it throughout the. But let's get into our Christmas schedule. Um, so guys, this Christmas it's on your screen now. It's on a Wednesday where we do our show, and the game's on Saturday. So Micah, we are going to be kind of shifting some things around, and instead of our you know normal Wednesday, we're gonna move it to Sunday night. Um, because the game's on a Saturday, your normal programming for a game Sunday, like game day night, will will be happening, on, I believe, on that Saturday. And then it's going to be totally free, um, according to Keith from Bucks Report, on Sunday night. So we're going to go ahead and take the 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern time slot on Sunday night. That'll be the Sunday right after the game. Same time, uh, same place, but just on Sunday night and uh, we're looking forward to having you know our podcast then being able to talk about the game so fresh and then to be able to give you guys um, you know a break going into Christmas you know we've got uh, some traveling that I'm doing and then of course Brandon and I both you know want to spend time with our families on Christmas and so we wanted to just shift some things around to still bring you your regularly scheduled podcast regular content but just on a different programming day. yes <laughs> all right yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's going to be uh, the date is December 22nd that'll be the Sunday uh, it's going to be 7 30 central time 8:30 Eastern term time right here on Bucks Report. So, yeah, that's uh that's the news for for you guys and we're looking forward to that podcast. Brandon, do you have any final thoughts for us? I absolutely do. We are going to come into Raymond James Stadium against these hungry Texans and we are going to rip those horns off. We're going to put them back on the USF bull where it belongs <laughs> and we're going to go out there and try to dominate a win. We are going to dominate we're going to go get them Texans. We're going to last them. We're going to go giddy up and ride on into the sunset on Saturday Saturday afternoon and get that dub. Unfortunately, we both predicted a loss, but we're going to go get that dub. I think so. <laughs> never fails. Please do not edit never, that out. <laughs> never fails. That, that makes me speechless. Okay. Uh, so, uh, as always, a big thank you to Bucks Report. Uh, Beware the Bay podcast would not be where it is without being a part of the Bucks Report network. Um, you can, of course, find them right here on Facebook at Bucks Report. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Beware the Bay and on Facebook at Beware the Bay podcast. Thank you again, faithful Bucks fans, for tuning into the podcast, and we will see you again next week.